0: Chapter Six of Donald Grant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devora Allen. Donald Grant by George Macdonald. Chapter Six. Dorry. She was a very small, spare woman in a blue print with little white spots straight, not bowed like her husband. Otherwise, she seemed at first exactly like him. But ere the evening was over, Donal saw there was no featureal resemblance between the two faces, and was puzzled to understand how the two expressions came to be so like. As they sat, it seemed in the silence as if they were the same person thinking in two shapes and two places. Following the old woman, Donal ascended a steep and narrow stair, which soon brought him to a landing where was light— coming mainly through green leaves, for the window in the little passage was filled with plants. His guide led him into what seemed to him an enchanting room. Homely enough it was, but luxurious compared to what he had been accustomed to. He saw white walls and a brown-hued but clean-swept wooden floor, on which shone a keen-eyed little fire from a low grate. Two easy-chairs, covered with some party-colored striped stuff, stood one on each side of the fire. A kettle was singing on the hob. The white deal table was set for tea, with a fat brown teapot and cups of a gorgeous pattern in bronze that shone in the firelight like red gold. In one of the walls was a box bed. "'I'll let ye see what accommodation we have at your service, sir,' said Dory, "'and g'in that'll suit ye, You to be welcome.' So saying, she opened what looked like the door of a cupboard at the side of the fireplace. It disclosed a neat little parlor with a sweet air in it. The floor was sanded, and so much the cleaner than if it had been carpeted. A small mahogany table, black with age, stood in the middle. On a side table, covered with a cloth of faded green, lay a large family bible. Behind it were a few books and a tea-caddy. In the side of the wall opposite the window was again a box-bed. To the eyes of the shepherd-born lad, it looked the most desirable shelter he had ever seen. He turned to his hostess, and said, "'I'm um, feart it's o'er good for me. What could you let me out it for by the week? I would fain bide with ye, but whar and when I may get work I cannot tell, so I ma'na take it any gate for nor a week.' "'Make yourself at ease till the morn be by,' said the old woman. "'Ye canna do nothing till that be o'er. Upon the Monday mornin' we shall hold a consul together, you and me and my man. I can do nothing wantin' my man. We aye pull together, or not at all.' Well content and with hearty thanks, Donal committed his present fate into the hands of the humble pair, his heaven-sent helpers, and after much washing and brushing, all that was possible to him in the way of dressing, reappeared in the kitchen. Their tea was ready, and the cobbler seated in the window with a book in his hand, leaving for Donal his easy-chair. "'I cannot take your in chair, frae ye," said Donal. "'Hoot's,' returned the cobbler. "'What's anything ours for but to give the neighbour it stands in need of it? "'But ye had a sore day's work, and you a sore day's travel. "'But I'm young, and I'm old and my labour the nearer o'er. "'But I'm strong. "'There's none the less need ye shall be holdin' so. "'Sit ye down and waste not your backbone. "'My business is to look to the bodies o' men, "'and specially to their poor feet a has to bide the weight "'and get sair pressed therein. "'Life's as hard upon the feet of a man as upon any part of him. "'When they gang wrong, there is no muckle to be done "'till they be sit right again.' I'm seer honoured, I say to myself, wiles, to be set o'er the feet o' men. It's a fine ministration, full better than bein' a doorkeeper in the house o' the Lord, for the feet it gang out and in at it is mair o' the door. The Lord be praised, said Donald to himself. There's mer in the world like my father and mither. He took the seat appointed him. Come to the table, Andrew, said the old woman. Gin so be you can part with that book o' yours, and let your soul give place to your body's rights.' I doubt, sir, gin he would eat or drink, gin I wasna at his ill, Dory, returned her husband, Ye canna deny I give you a bit now and then, specially when I come upon anything by ordinary tasty.' "'That you do, Anru, or I dinna ken what would come o my soul any murner o your body. So you see, sir, we're like John Spratt and his wife. You'll ken the bairn say about them?' "'Aye, fine, that,' replied Donal, You couldna well be better fitted.' "'God grant it,' she said. But we would fit better yet. gin I had but ween mere brains? The Lord kenned what brains ye had when He brought ye together," said Donal. "Ye never uttered a truer word," replied the cobbler. GEN the Lord be content with the brains He's gin ye, and I be content with the brains ye give me? What right had ye to be discontented with the brains ye had, Dory? Answer me that. But I should come to the table. Would YE allow me to SPEAR after your name, sir? My name's Donal Grant," replied Donal. "I uh, thank ye, sir." And I'll hold it in respect," returned the cobbler. "'Mister Grant, will you ask a blessin?' "'I would rather join in your asking," replied Donal. The cobbler said a little prayer, and then they began to eat. First of oat-cakes, baked by the old woman, then of loaf-bread, as they called it. "'I'm sorry I had no jelly or jam to set afore you, sir,' said Dory. "'We are but simple folk, you see, content to hold our earthly tabernacles in a habitable condition till we had notice to quit.' It's a fine thing to kin, said the cobbler with a queer look. At when you leave it, your house falls down, and ye had not to think o' any damages to pay. For by it, gin it last it any time after you was out of it, there might be a ween devil's taken up their abode into it. Hoot, Andrew! interposed his wife. There's nothing like that in scripture. Hoot, Dory! returned Andrew. What ken you about what's not in scripture? Ye ken a heap a law about what's in scripture, but ye ken little about what's not into it. Well isn't it best to ken what's into it? I not a doubt. Well, she returned in playful triumph. Donal saw that he had got hold of a pair of originals. It was a joy to his heart. He was himself an original, one namely that lived close to the simplicities of existence. Andrew Coman, before offering him house-room, would never have asked anyone what he was, but he would have thought it was an equal lapse in breeding not to show interest in the history as well as the person of a guest. After a little more talk, so far from commonplace that the common would have found it mirth-provoking, the cobbler said, "'And what office may ye you hold yourself, sir, in the Ministry of the Temple?' "'I think I understand ye,' replied Donal. "'My mother says curious things like you.' "'Curious things as wilds no that curious,' remarked Andrew." A pause following, he resumed. "Can anything gae ye reason to prefer wait until ye ken do and me a bit better, sir,' he said." "'Count my ill-mannered question no spirit.' "'There's nothing,' answered Donal. "'I'll tell ye anything or all thing about myself. "'Till what you will, sir, and keep what you will,' said the cobbler. "'I was brought up a herd, laddie,' proceeded Donal. "'And while's a shepherd one. "'For many a year I can't mare about the hillside nor the inglenook, "'But it's the same God and Father upon the hillside and in the King's palace. "'And ye'll ken all about the wind and the clothes and the ways of God outside the house.' "'I ken something how he holds things goin' inside the house—in a body's heart, I mean, in mine and do there—but I kin little about the way he gars things work at he's not so far been in.' "'You dinna surely think God fills not all thing?' exclaimed Donal. "'Na, na, I kin better know that,' answered the cobbler. "'But you maun allow a tod's holes not so deep as the throat of a burning mountain. God himself canna win so far been in a shallow place as in a deep place. He canna be so far been in the winds, though he gars them do as he likes— "'As he is, or should be, in your heart and mine, sir.' "'I see,' responded Donal. "'Could that have been how the Lord had to rebuke the wind and the waves, "'as gin they had been gone at their own free will, "'instead of the will at him that made them and set them gone?' "'Maybe, but I would have to think about it for I answered,' replied the cobbler. "'A silence intervened. "'Then said Andrew thoughtfully, "'I thought when I saw you first you was maybe a lad for a shop in the Muckle town, "'or a clerk, as they call him, it sits makin' up accounts.' "'Nah, I'm not that, I thank God,' said Donal. "'What for thank ye God for that?' asked Andrew. "'Our place is his. I wonder how you thank God you're not a cobbler like me. Ye might, though, for it's little ye can ken o' the good of the colin. "'I'll tell you what for,' answered Donal. "'I kin wail, town folk think it a heap better to had to do with figures nor with sheep. But I'm not o' their mind. And for one thing, the sheep's alive. I could wail fancy an angel a shepherd, and he would count my father good company.' "'Truth, he would want wings and arms and feet and all "'to look after the lamb's wiles. "'But gin sick one was a clerk in a cotton house "'he would have to stow away the wings. "'I cannot see what use he would have for them there. "'He might be an angel all the time, "'and that not a fallen one. "'But he would to lay aside something to fit the place.' "'But you're not a shepherd, no,' said the cobbler. "'Nah,' replied Donal, "'sep it be I'm set to look after another greater lamb. "'A friend, ye may hae heard his name, "'Sir Gilbert Galbraith.' "'made the beginning of a scholar of me, "'and now I, I have my degree "'for the old university at Inverdour.' "'Dinna I think is, Muckle,' "'cried Mistress Coman, triumphant. "'I had hadna time to say it to ye, Andrew, "'but I was sure he was frae the college, "'and that was how his feet were so Muckle worse furnished nor his head.' "'I have a pair soon in my kiss, though, "'when that comes,' said Donal, laughing. "'I only hope it winna be o'er Muckle "'to win up our stare.' "'I dinna think it, but we'll leave it in the street afore it should come atween us,' said Donal. "'Gin' ye'll have me, so long as I'm in the tone I sugayin' na' other gate.' "'And ye'll doubtless read the Greek like your mithered tongue,' said the cobbler, with a longing admiration in his tone. "'Nah, not like that, but well enough to get good of it.' "'Well, that's just the one thing I grudge ye.' "'Nah, no grudge. I'm glad ye have it. But the one thing I would fain be a scholar for myself. To think I cannot achieve of the word spoken by the word himself.' "'But the letter of the word he made little of compare it with the spirit,' said Donal. "'Aye, that's true. "'And yet it's what a man may well be greedy "'and want to have all thing. "'Who has the spirit would fain have the letter too. "'But it is no matter. "'I shall set to learn it the first thing "'when I gang up the stair. "'That is, gin it be the Lord's will.'" Hoots said his wife. "'What would you do with Greek up there? "'I so warrant the folk there, "'ay, and the maester himself, speaks plain Scotch. "'What for no? "'What would they do there with Greek, "'at a body would have to wharsel with "'from mornin' to night, "'and not make out the third part of it? Her husband laughed merrily, but Donal said, "'Deed, maybe you're not so far wrong, good wife. "'I'm thinkin' there maun be a grand mither-tongue there "'at'll soup up all the lave, "'and be better to understand nor a body's on. "'For it'll be yet more as on.' "'Here t'illim cried the cobbler with hearty approbation. "Ye can,' Donal went on. "'All the languages of the earth came, "'or look as gin they had come, "'fra one, though we're not just dog sure o' that. "'There's my mother's ain Gaelic, for instance.' "'It's as old, maybe older, nor the Greek. "'Annigate, it has mere Greek nor Latin words into it, "'and ye ken the Greeks an older tongue nor the Latin. "'Well, gin we could work our way back to the oldest great-grandmother tongue at all, "'I'm thinking it would come a kind of so easy to us "'that with the improved faculties of our heavenly condition "'we might be able in a few days to hold communication with one another "'in that same, on stammer or hummed and hawed. "'But there's been so a heap of things found out since then, "'in the mind o' man as well as in the world outside,' said Andrew. That sick a language would be mere like a baron's tongue nor a mithers, I'm thinking, when set against all it would be to speak about. You're very right there, I dinna doubt. But how easy would it be for ilk one to bring in the new word he wanted, having enough common afford to explain it with? For long the language would have into it ilk a word it was worth having in any language it ever was spoken, since the Tower of Babel. Eh, hey, sirs, but it's dreadful to think I haven't to learn some, uncle,' said the old woman. "'I'm o'er old and dull. old.' Her husband laughed again. I dinna see what you had to laugh at," she said, laughing too. "You'll be dull yourself gin ye you live long enough." "I'm thinking," said Andrew. "But I dinna ken. And it mun be a man's own way gin age makes him dull. Gin he's eye been holdin' by the truth, I dinna think he'll find the truth hasna not by him. But what I was laughing at was the thought of anybody being old up there. We'll all be young there, lass. It shall be us Lord Wills returned his wife. "'It's all. We want no more, and eh, we want no less." "'responded her husband. "'So the evening wore away. "'The talk was very to the mind of Donal, "'who never loved Wisdom so much "'as when she appeared in peasant garb. "'In that garb he had first known her, "'and in the form of his mother. "'I wonder,' said Dory at length, "'at young Eppie's no puttin' in her appearance. "'I was sure o' her the night. "'She hasn't been near us all the week.' "'The cobbler turned to Donal to explain. "'He would not talk of things "'their guest did not understand.' "'That would be like shutting him out after taking him in. Young Eppie's a grandchild, sir, the only one we have. "'She's a well-behaved lass, though tain up with the things of this world "'mere nor her granny and me could wuss. "'She's in a place no far for here, "'not an easy one, maybe, to give satisfaction in, "'but she's doing no that ill. "'Hoot, Anru, she's doing just as well as any lassie her years could in justice be expected,' interposed the grandmother. "'It's seldom the lord it sets old head upon young shoulders.' The words were hardly spoken when a light foot was heard coming up the stair. "'But here she comes to answer for herself,' she added cheerily. The door of the room opened, and a good-looking girl of about eighteen came in. "'Weel, young Eppy, how's all with ye?' said the old man. The grandmother's name was Elspeth. The granddaughters had therefore always the prefix. "'Prawly thank you, grandfather,' she answered. "'How's all with yourself?" "'Oh, weel, Cobalt,' he replied." "'Sit ye down,' said the grandmother, by the spark of the fire. The night's some airy like. "'Now, granny, I want a fire,' said the girl. "'I had run all the road to get a glimpse of ye for the week was out. "'How's things going up at the castle?' "'Oh, sick like as usual. "'Only the housekeeper's some doughy, and that puts more upon the life of us. "'When she's well, she's not one to spare herself, or other folk either. "'I would not care, gin she would but lip into the body,' concluded young Eppy, with a toss of her head. We munna speak evil o' dignities, young Eppy," said the cobbler, with a twinkle in his eye. Call ye Mistress Brooks a dignity, grandfather, said the girl, with a laugh that was nowise rude. I do, he answered. Isn't it she or ye? Had not ye to do as she tells ye? Between her and you, that's enough. She's one of the dignities spoken o'. I wanna dispute it. But eh, it's queer work yonder. Take ye care, young Eppy. we mun hold our tongues about things committed till our trust. "'One paid to serve in a house not treat the affairs o' that house as gin they were her ain. "'It would be well gin about the house was as particular as you would have me, grandfather. "'Who's my lord, lass?' "'Oh, muckle the same. I up the stair and down the stair the fore part o' the night, and most invisible all day.' The girl cast a shy glance now and then at Donal, as if she claimed him on her side, though the older people must be humoured. Donal was not too simple to understand her. He gave her look no reception. Bethinking himself that they might have matters to talk about, he rose and, turning to his hostess, said, "Will you leave, good wife? I would gang to my bed. I had travelled a matter a thirty mile the day upon my bare feet." "Eh, hey, sir," she answered, "I ought to have considered that. Come, young Eppie, we mong get the gentleman's bed made up for him." With a toss of her pretty head, Eppie followed her grandmother to the next room, casting a glance behind her that seemed to ask what she meant by calling a lad without shoes or stockings a gentleman. Not the less readily or actively, however, did she assist her grandmother in preparing the tired wayfarer's couch. In a few minutes they returned, and telling him the room was quite ready for him, Doherty added a hope that he would sleep as sound as if his own mother had made the bed. He heard them talking for a while after the door was closed, but the girl soon took her leave. He was just falling asleep in the luxury of conscious repose when the sound of the cobbler's hammer for a moment roused him, and he knew the old man was again at work on his behalf. A moment more and he was too fast asleep for any cyclops's hammer to wake him. End of chapter 6